0: Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Roosters on Owen Tangi here in Columbus. It's Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters, our weekly fun, casual conversation about the Buckeyes in a fun, casual joint. Thanks for joining us. Ohio State. In case you missed it, won 76 to five. Schlegel, Mike Doss, Spencer Holbrook making his debut on Letterman Live down here. Uh, trying to remember. Doss asked me before we went on yeah. who got the closest to the prediction. I had 63 to nothing. What do you have, Schlegel? I a mouth full of mac and cheese bites.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. Right. I mean, I, I, I try to have a good diet, but if you put those in front of my face, I'm eating them. <laughs> oh. I had sixty-six to. Um, what did I have? Sixty-six
2: to three. Okay. Yeah, I think I gave. I think I gave up six points two field goals. Right. I don't
0: know if it was. I think 63 we. Sixty-three or six. You know, but. I'm just gonna say yeah. that we all pretty I'd, much nailed it. We knew it yeah. was gonna happen. We do have.
3: 56-7. Uh, to seven.
0: Gotcha. Close. Gave him a touchdown, so yeah. no faith in the silver bullets over there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, if we're going to talk about this game and break it down at all, that first quarter, it's a little bit sleepy, had the safety for Ohio State on the opening drive uh, offensively, did give up a field goal, looked like there was a little bit of miscommunication in the secondary a little bit. Um, but after that, my goodness, that second quarter was as impressive as you can get. So what do you guys take out of that? Doss, what do you What do you make well, of a game I, like this? I take
2: the start. You know, it gives them something to work towards this week, headed down to Nebraska. They're going to be on the road. It's going to be a crazy atmosphere. And that will be a motivation uh, for the guys to kind of, you know, make sure they come out the tunnel with all cylinders firing. Uh, they, you know, I don't think that we did anything bad. It's just a bad field position. Yeah. And Miami, Ohio, made a great play. I mean, a strip. You know, fumble in the end zone, you know, kick off a two-point lead. If you were uh, betting in Vegas, who had the eyes for that? (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. First score is going to be Miami, (laughs) Ohio, and it's going to be be a safety. safety. Right. 1,001 probably, something crazy. (laughs) But uh, I I look forward to uh, this week kicking off, I mean – uh, the second quarter, as you stated, I mean, what more could you want? Everybody, all just are rolling. Defense, you know, sacks, straight fumbles, interception, and the offense just kept putting up points. And, you know, Justin Fields, here he goes again with yeah.
0: six TDs. Schlegel, when you're watching a game like that, and you, we talked all last week, it was going to be a tune-up. It's not a Big Ten game. There was a huge talent disparity. What are you watching when you see a game like that for Ohio State?
1: Well, I was watching the very start, the start of the game. Right, I want to see how they came out. I want to see how focused they were. And some people could say it's sleepy, but it's a communication thing, right? Bad field position gave them an opportunity, but but then they righted the ship, right? So I was excited the fact that yeah they were down and they haven't been. Mm-hmm. And why was that? And then to be able to rebound, come back, score kind of quickly, and then have a second quarter where they scored forty-two to nothing, yeah. right? right? And so you see that. And it was all phases were allowing them to do that. They were getting turnovers, and they were capitalizing on their turnovers. So ultimately, at the end of the day, I wanted them to start out fast. That's the teaching point. What did we do wrong in this game to where we didn't execute at a high level from the jump? Because when you go on the road, you're going to have to play fast, and there might be an opportunity that you have to capitalize on. I remember in 2005 versus Texas, we had three turnovers inside the 25 yard line and came away with three points. When you're when they go on the road or they play a big 10 opponent that yeah. is worth their salt, you have to capitalize those things at the beginning of the game. You can't ooze into it. So that would be a teaching point. But ultimately at the end of the day, I thought it was a great team win. I thought our ba- we finally got to see our backups play. Yes. And in this fourth type game, knowing what your depth looks like is, a, is for, as a coaching staff, a great takeaway. So now you can start to pick and choose who's our fourth running back, mm-hmm. right? Who's our, who are the defensive ends that we want to potentially burn a redshirt you know, year on and, and have them on the roster? How does that look going into this Big Ten, Big Ten season? So those are the good takeaways, and they got to see that this week.
0: Yeah, you, Spencer, you uh, got teed up perfectly there by Schlage with those guys who made the most of the second half. You wrote about it at Letterman Row. You know, guys who have been making the most of playing time and a lot of them got in there, and you started with the wide receivers.
3: Yeah, Garrett Wilson and, and Jamison Williams both. I mean, what more can you ask for two freshmen? Jamison Williams makes one catch, turns <laughs> it up to sidelines, and looks like Ted Ginn out there. I don't know what these guys these – guys well, had A better. A little over-the-top over praise with the <laughs> but, Ted Ginn comparison. I mean, it happened when he was getting recruited. You know, the yeah. top-end speed was like Ginn's. But, uh, yeah, those guys look really impressive, and it's going to be worth noting whether or not uh, Ryan Day burns a red shirt on those guys because – or does not burn a red shirt on them because they look – Good enough to play against, you know. You got teams like Maryland coming up that could get ugly if mm-hmm. if things go south for Maryland. You got Rutgers coming up that could get ugly. So you know, if those guys are going to play the rest of the season, they're not going to have a red shirt, and those
0: decisions have to come this week. That play that Garrett Wilson made <laughs> was one of the craziest catches I've seen. I mean, I've been high on this guy. I went down to Texas to do a story on him last year. And okay. Saw him. You've been I, high I've, on him. I've, every I've, week. I've watched every him play week. twice in high school. Okay. And he was the most dominant player. In good competition in Texas. I, it just blew my mind. I was down, I went to do a story on Matthew Baldwin first. This is a long story, way to get to <laughs> it here. Okay? Baldwin gets hurt on the first play of his state championship game. Garrett Wilson, as a junior, just drags them back in. He did everything offense, defense, special teams, returning kicks. The guy is a special football player. And so Brian Hartline had tried to say, hey, tap the brakes a little bit. This kid's got a lot to learn. And through four games, he does. He's not a finished product. But what you can see him do athletically. The catches he's made, the two touchdowns, one against Cincinnati, the one on Saturday, mm-hmm. you can see that this guy's gifted. Is, am I wrong on this? Can you guys oh, see it And no. somebody I this mean, early? You,
2: you see the potential's there. I mean, all the attributes, the talent, the focus, I mean – you know, to be a freshman, to be in that kind of situation where, you know, those 50-50 balls, yeah. and he's come up with two nice big plays for us. Uh, you can see that coming down the stretch. You know, he probably won't be one of those guys who will get redshirted. shirted. he'll be probably a special teams contributor. Uh, his punt return, uh, yeah. you know, there was, was a nice return for us. 52 that, yards. Yeah, so I mean, you, you he has the talent to be on the field. It just a matter how do you sprinkle, sprinkle him in, how do you make him comfortable in the system, and continue to build that momentum as he progresses.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think you're going to start seeing him more on, you know, uh, potentially as a gunner. I don't know what – he's going to have to find a fit. I definitely think he adds a different dynamic in our return game. Yes. So they can automatically see. I mean, he gave like a little stutter step and still got another 15 yards. He made guys miss. That's something that will add value because field position is a premium in Big Ten play. So he's definitely going to have to add value there. And then I think he has enough skill – he has a skill set to – Again, we don't know what it looks like, and in a game like this, the other best thing about this game was that everybody came out healthy, and guys that needed to be held out, they were held out so they can get ready for Big Ten versus Nebraska. So potentially down the road, somebody gets hurt, somebody's nicked up, boom, you have another guy that's right there that's ready to see the field, but he has to go show it on special teams first, which is what we've seen from Chris Olave and how you practice, how you play. Chris Olave has been a great example in that room from a special teams perspective, and then he goes out and he capitalizes it when he's on the field on offense. Okay. So I think that's a great kind great. of bridge analogy, yeah, yeah for...
2: Garrett Wilson moving forward. Right, he can look at right in his room and see how I get on the field. Exactly. And Chris Olave has done that and shown him the way. In if you think about Garrett Wilson's frame, he has that you know prototypical size right now. Yeah. So just a, another year from now, how much bigger <laughs> this guy's going to be? I mean, another year of coaching yeah. from
0: Brian Hartline, another year of familiarity with Justin Fields. I mean, you can see how the sky might be the limit there. Spencer, just to close the book there, people keep they ask us all the time, right? What's Demario McCall going to do? Well, Garrett Wilson topped his production on just one punt return. I, I'm, I'm struggling myself to see a great use for Demario McCall on this team right now. And maybe there's still tricks up Ryan Day's sleeve, with it wheel routes, d- jet sweeps. But it's hard right now because you've got Garrett Wilson on the rise. You've got the H-back, C.J. Saunders, probably going to be back on Saturday. I'm just having a hard time getting there with DeMario right now. Yeah, Garrett
3: Wilson has to be on the field, right? I mean, we all agree that now that we've seen it in games, he has to be on the field, and and who's the odd guy out? Well, it's not going to be Chris Olave. It's not going to be K.J. Hill. You know, anybody else that goes in the slot, it's not going to be C.J. Saunders because you just elected him as a captain, (laughs) and he's shown that he can do things when he gets back to healthy. So it's got to be DeMario McCall, and we saw a couple flashes from him early on in the season of the kick return game, but since then he's kind of just been a guy that i think he had one catch against miami and and when you win by 71 and you only have one catch as a junior that's not really a good sign so uh garrett wilson getting on the field might might mean some uh tough conversations with demario mccall you're right
0: and i know when beanie's in here and maybe you guys can speak to this that he loves the athleticism of demario mccall i think everybody who meets him knows that he's got a great personality he's fun to be around but it's just, I don't know, it's hard for me to just see how he fits well, in this offense.
2: It's, I mean, it's so much you know, uh, talent on this team. I mean, you got you recruit four and five star guys every year, <laughs> and they actually are coming and committing, so when you have that kind of talent pool to pick from it's going to be little, you know, little, an inch here, uh, a, 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 a drop punt, or a fumble. Mm. These little things separate guys. I mean, Master T obviously got put right back in after his fumble yep. just to build his momentum because he's a big frame. We're going to need him down the stretch but ultimately uh it's going to take little small odd plays here and there and when they actually call your number you have to produce and that's to be the biggest thing for McCall is that if they give him a chance he has to produce on those on those on those calls
1: I tell my son this every time he steps on the field and is every time you play right there in fall ball baseball every time you play you are being evaluated 100%. you know? 100%. And so you have to separate yourself and in the game of baseball, can I play outfield at a high level? Can I play he's a lefty, can I play first base? Can I pitch and can I hit? Mm-hmm. If I add value there and I'm a good bat, guess what? You're never coming off the field.
2: <laughs> yes. Right? And so you can steal bases if you're passing, you know, you got speed like that. So how, how, how is he it?
1: I think his next thing is how do I add value on special teams to potentially get some carries Correct. and then when I get those don't look for the home run ball, but just go out there and do my job and showcase my skill set because they're going to come and they might come with a play that's supposed to be a 10-yard play. Well, you got to go get the 10-yard play because then you have a guy like Still Chambers who's a freshman that comes in and gets eight rushes for 60-something yards right? and leads the team in rushing. So there's other guys scrambling <laughs> for that, right? So, yeah. so where do I fit? you just got to go back and look at yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm just going to go and go as hard as I possibly can in practice. And it, like um, I believe Benjamin Victor talked about yeah. it last week, it has to come out on game day right. when when the lights are on and we're playing an opponent. And so he has to somehow transfer how he practices to the games, and when he gets there, he has to make some type of impact.
2: As, as you would say, I always say maximize the moment. You know, obviously, do your job within the scheme. Don't come out of your body and try to do something extra. Mm-hmm. But maximize every moment that you get, and the film shows, and the coaches have to make decisions.
3: Well, to your point, Austin, you said, "Is it in screen? Is it in uh, wheel routes, and is it in jet sweeps?" Well, if the only thing you can do is wheel routes and jet <laughs> sweeps, then you know defenses are going to know when he when this guy's on the field. It's kind of like Tate Martell last year. When he was on the field, they were running quarterback run. Yeah. If t- if Demario McCall's on the field, defenses are going to know this guy's running a wheel route or a jet sweep. It's not very effective. Or an
1: angle, right? Like you right. know that. Yeah. So the, the more value that you add, the better. And I think that that's what you're seeing from a master Teague. They didn't just throw a master T back in there. They already had a really good snapshot of exactly who Master Teague was. Mm-hmm. That's why they put their oars there. That's kind of like, poli- like just being politically correct. <laughs> you know And I'm saying? We, we don't know, but we know. Yeah. And then when you go back out there, we believe that this guy can add a lot of value. And then he showed up and did it, right? So he answered that call. And there's a lot of guys like that, whether it's on the defensive line, whether it's that linebacker. Who's that fifth linebacker? Dallas had a great game this week. He had five tackles, one and a half sacks, right? He definitely put himself up there in the conversation because, again, when you start to make these great runs, you make these great runs because you get that middle 80% of your team up into the top ten. Yep. And as that top 10 begins to get bigger, it gets to 20, it gets to 30, 50 guys like we had probably on the national championship team in 2014. That's how you have great teams, and that's how you have a lot of depth.
0: Yeah, so I was going to ask Schlags about defense. i just kicks it off right now. We're going to take a quick break right here get a word from our sponsors. We're going to do a little bit more looking at the Silver Bullets. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing like college football, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where all my friends play, and it's where you should play too. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code Road to activate the offer. That's promo code Row. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. And we're back. Wow. <laughs> wow. legs eating again. Doss is getting a little <laughs> bit of food. Uh, can't resist it here at Roosters, obviously. No, amazing. So, uh, You know, another game. It's so a uh, fun, Schlegs. casual joint, man. Absolutely it is. What and we a fun, talking casual about? conversation with my guys here. Talking about Ohio State and the Silver Bullets, another game. Didn't allow a touchdown. Um, this Here comes the test, though. Nebraska, Adrian Martinez, uh, a bunch of skill players. Wandale Robinson, who Ohio State tried to recruit, just had a big game at Illinois. He's sort of that H-back slot, running back, do-it-all, guys. And if there's been – so if there's a test, right? Rondell Moore, Ohio State failed it last year. Can you pass it against Wondell Robinson? What tells you they might be ready for this uh, Nebraska offense?
1: Well, really, there's three guys. The guy that you mentioned, Martinez, and then Spielman. Yep. You know, and the fact, like, I, I didn't get to watch the game versus Illinois. Like, you're kind of, like, following it and tracking it. Yeah. But they were down.
0: Yeah, I caught the end of it. So
1: that's an indictment, one on their defense versus the Illinois that just got beat by Eastern Michigan <laughs> yeah. the week before. And right? they
0: gave up 38 points to Illinois.
1: Exactly. Which. So they won 42 to 38. And so – they also had 661 yards of total offense to their 299. <laughs> so it's like, what was it, right? And I don't really remember. They, they probably had turnovers. If you're going to have a game like that and a team that's close and, and you doubled their yard production plus, they probably had turnovers on offense. So, one, for the Silver Bullets this week, we won the, the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? That has to carry over. Two, you're playing there. You have to affect the quarterback because, as we all know, Last year, they didn't have a backup. So you have to go affect Adrian Martinez, who is also their leading rusher and thrower. So if you take him out, not necessarily illegally or whatever, but you physically beat on that man the entire game, it's going to affect his passing. The good thing is you got the Predator and you got the entire D-line that is either second or now leading the country in sacks. They stop the run. They play the run hard. So then it's going to be on our secondary, which I feel very comfortable with.
2: I feel great. I mean, Akuda got his first career interception. Yeah, got it's that hard monkey. to believe, yeah, right? That, that it's his long. first right. one. Got, yeah. his, got that monkey off his back, but I think we're up to the challenge. I think. Nebraska is actually, the way that they can try to win, they have to throw the ball downfield. They won't be able to really run the ball and dominate us up front. I think our D-line will be prepared. Yeah. But if they want to affect us and put us on our heels, then they need to challenge us downfield and go for those 50-50 balls and give some of their receivers, their skilled guys, a chance to make a play. And then do they actually make the play against our Buckeye secondary <laughs> or do we step up to the challenge and make plays?
1: And that's where in this type of game your eye control – as a linebacker is going to be critical because they're going to be doing a run-pass option. And if I get sucked up to the line of scrimmage or I don't get enough depth in my zone coverage, that's when the little ball that's going to be behind the linebackers is going to be there. If the pressure can't be there, it can't get there, then my eye control as a linebacker, I have to get back in my zone to keep everything in front of me. If I get caught in that no-man's land, which is somewhere between 8 to 12 yards, and I don't get back to 15, that's when those balls are going to happen, and that's going to move the sticks.
0: It's interesting to look at these first four games, and the improvement is clear, and yet Jonathan Cooper hasn't played a game yet. Uh, Tyreek Smith has played six quarters, Spencer. Uh, Robert Landers sits out on Saturday. Probably precautionary. We don't know 100%, but I'm hearing that all three of those guys are going to be ready for Nebraska. So you've got a really good chance where the Rushmen are elevated. They're even deeper. That helps the linebackers, helps the secondary. But, you know, we haven't even seen this team at its best yet, I don't believe.
3: Well, in Indiana tried to attack Ohio State deep. But what do you need for the deep ball? You need time in the pocket or you need a good running ability outside the pocket. Well, Ohio State's too athletic for you to get outside the pocket on them for the most part. And Ohio State's too good in the middle for you to be able to have time in the pocket to deliver a deep ball, in, you know, an accurate deep ball. Yeah. So where do you attack this defense once Jonathan Cooper comes back, <laughs> once uh, B.B. Landers comes back, once Tyreek Smith comes back? I don't know. Like I I've, I've been watching <laughs> these games over again, you know, trying to figure out, you know, what could the, what could we see later I on I like this that doing season. your homework. Yeah. But like where do you where do you get these guys? Like where do you where do you find points? I because you're not getting it in the inside run game because Devon Hamilton has shown I mean, he might be a first team all Big Ten guy by the end of the season. We're Should barely be. even talking well, about
2: it. I think Nebraska's going to come with a little bit of misdirections. We know they, they, they're they heavy on the RPO. And they're going to have a couple little wrinkles here and there, maybe a flea flicker or a double reverse pass, yeah. something where they want to you know see if we're undisciplined uh, and, and, and have a breakdown. But ultimately, I, I just can't see them lining up us going, hey, we're going to look you <laughs> right in the face, and we're going to punch you right in the face, and we're going to give you our best shot. Because they know if the if we come out the locker room like we're supposed to, then we'll be well prepared for that. Yeah, yep. what's the
0: old cliche, cliche there, Schlegs? If you need trick plays to win, you've already lost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, at the end of the day, I just say, my old, the old analogy I know is, uh, win if you can, cheat if you must, but always win. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? So that, that kind of falls in line with that. But I, I would say this, though. The one area where I think they could hurt you is that with our pass, pass rush, creating seams in lanes for Martinez to escape the pocket, And then whether we're playing man, which was our problem in the past, we played so much man that it was a one-on-one tackle in open space. Playing more zone, you have other guys that are able to rally the ball. However, on a third and seven, him being able to keep the drive alive with his feet because there's some vertical lanes in there that he can escape through will be something that they have to have. For him.
3: Well, and I think the biggest thing about this game on defense is going to be Baron Browning and Malik Harrison. If they can be at the second level and be able, when Martinez does get out of the pocket and create these seams from the pass rush, if Malik Harrison and Baron Browning can keep him in check and keep him, you know, five yards, not let him get 15 yards on second and ten, uh, you know, in the quarterback scramble, that's when Ohio State's going to have success to be able to get off the field.
0: It also, Schlage, feels like a game where, okay, the bullet. This is where you need it, the Brendan White version, not the Pete Warner version. We talked about that before, but if you're going to spread it out, you think you want a little bit more of that defensive back and his speed out there. Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah, well, it's going to be – Well, you know and what? That was a, that was a team be
2: that Brendan actually came in and, and right. filled with him yeah. for big last year. So, right. so they'll be able to watch that tape.
1: I think it's going to be one of those ones where we're going to actually see the fit and what the bullet looks like. Yeah. You know, and the real key too is we need to take away – of their playbook by winning first and second down. Correct. Because once you get third and six, that's 70% of your playbook's out. Sure. And and you know what they do in that third and medium, third and long. So, and again, we don't know. Pete has done a phenomenal job covering a variety of different guys. And you even saw him draw back in safety, which he was probably playing the mic position running Tampa 2. So he has a lot of different skill sets. So, yes, this game will be a good indication of what that bullet position looks like.
0: All right, you're going to take one more quick break here for a word from our partners and friends and sponsors. We'll be back. I'm sure that when we come back, these guys are going to be eating. Hey, Buckeye fans, as the official wing sponsor of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Roosters is giving away 12 trips for two to this year's Buckeye Bowl game. Each trip comes complete with airfare, hotel, gift bag, and two lower-level tickets. One bowl prize winner chosen each week, along with other cool Roosters weekly prizes. So register every week at your favorite Roosters or at RoostersWings.com. Roosters, a fun, casual joint, and the official wing sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Official contest rules at RoostersWings.com. All right, welcome back to Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Closing it down, before we talk about a little bit more, obviously about Ohio State and Nebraska, I know this really pained you guys on Saturday to see uh, your old rivals struggle at Wisconsin. That, that had to be tough for you. I know, Schlage, you're clutching that hard. you got to feel bad for what happened in Ann Arbor, right? I don't. I
2: personally don't feel bad at all. (laughs) we got to play Wisconsin, so, I mean, you want to see, you know, those two get their best shots and it look like Michigan shot all their guns and that's what they got, 14 points. So, I mean, you would like uh, uh, it to be a better showing overall, maybe it came down to the end. But Wisconsin handedly dominated up front, their running game, you know, Definitely uh, show that we can actually run the ball against that Michigan defense yeah. that we've so-called heard heard about all year thus far, and the preseason rankings and the hype is you know in the toilet right now. So uh, at this point, you know I, the motivation uh, for uh, uh, that team up north is hey, let's just try to win today. You know, let's just win on Monday when we go to practice. Can we just win today? The right. And then build on that. You know, they got to get some momentum. They got some gut checking they got to do, and all that, all the hype, the preseason hype, and all these things or out the window, like, can we just get get through today? Wait, so Which you actually
0: su- wanted it to be closer, Doss? Is that, is that what I heard I, thought, you say? I would have loved to yeah.
2: see a more, you know. A more,
1: you a, want them to be more competitive.
0: competitive okay. more competitive game. Schlegs, did you feel that way?
1: Uh, you know, I was, I really didn't care. Uh, I just wanted to see good football. Yeah. Right from our conference. Correct. Yeah. Coming off of a week where we had a lot of guys in our conference lose to non-conference games, especially inferior opponents. So I wanted a really good showing on, on a noon game mm-hmm. of, Two of the powerhouse brands in our conference Correct. have a really good competitive game right get in and see that they came out it was twenty twenty eight nothing and they battled back a little bit, but then they took the field at the end and it was kind of like demoralizing for them the way they walked on the field that I noticed when I was watching it before the Ohio State game, so that kind of affected me, and I also know a lot of guys in that staff that have really a really good makeup of what they're trying to do there, and you just didn't see that, you saw a Wisconsin team that is for real rushing the football because they actually have a passing game so that if you do load the box, they can beat you with the pass. But then for, for, for that team up north, it really is an, indi- not an indication. indication, but it's, it's really just par for the course, right? They haven't beat, they haven't beat anybody when they've been a dog. Right? Right. Coach Our Harbaugh ball. hasn't beat anybody that since, dog since 2007 when he was at Stanford beating USC. Yep. So in the big, critical games that you should win, they don't. And in order to meet the challenge, they haven't. Right. And so that's just a, that go, makes you go back to look at the fundamental culture and identity of a program. And now I actually think that he is on a little bit of the hot seat because you're 0-4 versus us. You haven't produced in big games. You haven't won any Big Ten championships. And what is the identity and makeup of this huge brand in college football, which is why they had the hype to begin with.
0: Right, right. And and I think that it's wild to me, though, Schlegs, because I cover Ohio State, and I have for a long time. Not not my entire career, but I know what this fan base expects. I know what the administration expects. And I know that just down the road from where we are right now, they want 100,000 people in that stadium every week. So if all those things that you just said applied to Ohio State and they had lost 62-39 to in that rivalry last year, would that patience have been extended to the head coach of the Buckeyes? I don't think so. And that's why it blows my mind that Harbaugh seems to just operate with this impunity that they have have faith that it's going to turn around at some point, and I don't know what he's done to validate that. Hiring Josh Gaddis off of a 20-minute phone conversation when he wasn't even going to be the offensive coordinator at Alabama is a horrible decision. And they are not a good offensive team. He didn't fix it, okay? They've had those problems for four years now. It's not fixed. I don't – does he get to just go on forever? You say he's kind of on the hot seat. I am – in my mind, I'm shocked that he wasn't already there. Well,
3: and defense is his calling card, and the defense looked horrible. I mean, if you were coming off of the Army game and you had just faced an Army team that runs the ball like crazy on you and you're banged up, Okay, if you give up 200 rushing yards. But you had a bye week to prepare for this Wisconsin team. <laughs> a Wisconsin team that for the last 15 years has lined up with seven offensive linemen and <laughs> rammed it down your throat. Right. What yeah. did you think was going to happen? And what's right. still what happened? They did whatever they wanted. They pushed Michigan around. And that's off of a bye. He's a losing record off the bye. He's 14-11 and 11 on the road. That's not even against... You know, ranked teams. That's just 14-11 and on the road. So there's something in the coaching that's not getting these guys prepared off the bye, and it's not getting these guys focused enough to win on the road the way Ohio State does, the way even Penn State does in this conference.
1: Well, I think the one thing that he, he said it was that we got outplayed and outcoached. Emphasis on the outcoached. And he got outcoached here. And the other thing with coaching, and you look at what Ryan Day was able to do, and let's praise him a little bit. He went and got. He didn't bring him solely because they're in Michigan. He brought him because of the relationships and how he thought he could coach. They could coach. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in Jeff Haffley, who's completely different. Yep. They bring oh, it oh, in, and now they have collaboration and elite communication, which allows our defense to play at a speed of which we haven't seen here. Since Fickle left. Right. Right. So in three years, our defense dramatically changed overnight with the same guys. That's a coaching issue. If you bring in a guy to somehow revamp this, my question is, is he holding that coordinator back because he still wants to have his thumbprint on it, right? Was there somebody else better that he potentially could have hired? And maybe there wasn't. That's it. We don't know his yep. second best option. Maybe this was his second best option. And the other thing about why I think that Michigan is allowing him to stay so long. They made the ultimate mistake in pushing out Lloyd Carr. They had success, they had a program, they had consistency, and they ran him out of town because they thought they were bigger and better than they than they were. Right. And what who in this day ta- in this day and age of college football, who are you going to go get? that can revamp that a lot of the times are you going to go urban meyer came here with a track record well he's not going there okay that's one (laughs) two it's difficult to recruit there because you're there it's a lot easier to recruit ohio right right because you're centrally located you can still pull people in from all different areas and so who are you going to go get to replace them right right it's really it's really comes down to me about coaching his culture who is, who is doing the communicating there to where everybody is on the same page? Because when you don't look consistent, like they've been on offense, and I'm only looking at offense, mm-hmm. right, a, a change needs to be addressed. And, one, I think they need to start McCaffrey. And, two, I think somehow the coaches and the staff like, have got to get on the, the same, same page. page. Right? Right. And
2: just to piggyback that, like you said, as far as his post on the program, You know, is it something that he's missing? That you know, through all of his experiences, he's overthinking it, and he's not allowing his staff to put their footprint on the program or make those kind of tough decisions. So, if it's a third and fifteen, and he goes, "I want this particular play called," when someone else may have you know more innovative play, and he's not allowing that you know that 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 that, that to happen within the coaching
0: staff. I'd be surprised if anyone watching Letterman Live wants Michigan to get it corrected. But, it uh, no doubt, man. Whatever, man. go <laughs> those tips Go Barks, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So, right, right. so Saturday night uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Letterman Row will be there for full coverage. Well, I see you. Oh, Let's go. You going to be um,
2: there? Come
1: be out there with a right? the sign.
0: Hanging out. <laughs> the LR. Uh, I probably will not be on game day. Well, I'll make, <laughs> hey, We'll make hey, the hey, young guy hey, go out bright and put early. Put the uh, sign up. The uh, to LR. hang out for game day. I've been to game day. I don't need to do it again. I'm too old for that at this point. So we've talked a little bit about it, guys, but – you know, let's get to that prediction part uh, of. Letterman you predict Live here.
1: on Mondays, man. That's yeah. so Hell, difficult.
0: <laughs> you know, we can edit it in later. Yeah, you know, no doubt. Update oh, yeah. it. I, I think uh, Spencer's pointed out that people have noticed that sometimes my predictions on Monday don't match what I write on That's Saturday. So right. Okay. I apologize. Oh, fair for that, enough. So if you
1: have that immunity, let's go. <laughs> right. so, so call them
0: out. You know, there you go. You can keep it general then, if you don't want it. But your score predictions have been so accurate anyway; they have been. Um, yeah. it hasn't mattered. Justin Fields. Uh, I'm I'm expecting that Nebraska will not have any ability to slow him down he's got 19 touchdowns in four games and I've watched uh, those black shirts have not if the silver bullets didn't live up to their moniker the last two years the black shirts haven't in a decade Um, they cannot play defense I'm expecting a high scoring game I'm just going to take that first shot for you guys since I correct mine later I think Ohio State's going to win this one easily I think it'll be somewhere in the ballpark of like 45 to 14. Well, you suck.
2: You, I, I was, was just th- saying. I, mean, I, was, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing.
0: I don't want to go I'm, last going last this
1: week.
2: I'm, no, I'm gonna go. Hey, if Illinois can score 38 points, I can see Ohio State at least putting up 21 better. So right. you know, I'm like, let's hey, go 55. You know, 13.
3: They, they what was either. the score
1: the last time they were there when they beat the brakes off them?
3: 56 to 14. Yeah. yeah. There you go. I like that one. Repeat. Yeah. All right. I've got. what you two?
1: What'd you pick?
2: I picked 55, 13. Okay,
1: <laughs> I've got five touchdowns
3: and three field goals. I don't think they they get stopped very often, and you know well, if that's they do, a lot of points for Nebraska, if they, Spencer. If they do, it'll still come in <laughs> in form of field goal. So I've got, I've got forty-four to twenty, Ohio State.
2: All right, I, hey, if they if they put up twenty points against our defense, I can't see twenty points. I, I, just, I just they can't could. See
3: it. I, mean, I can I, see it I, because I, they have that the that guy. Is. They have. J.D. Spielman, who's been there for what seems like 10 years. Yeah. I and mean, he's had such a long career. They've got Wandale Robinson, who maybe Ohio State's entire defense is revamped to stop guys like that. Yeah, but, you know, he's a playmaker. And I think Adrian Martinez is a little better than, than we're giving him credit for. He was yeah, hurt he's a lot of athletic. the year last year. Yeah. I'm going to give them 20 points because, and, you know,. Maybe it happens somewhere weird, but I think it's forty-four to twenty. Okay. Okay.
1: I can see that. If maybe I'm late wrong, in the game. Of if it's fifty-six week. and maybe late in the game, they're putting their twos and they right. get their scores because they're not going to take their ones out. Yeah. yeah. I can see them getting twenty potentially.
0: Yeah, sure. All right. Well, there it is. Spencer Holbrook making his debut. Anthony Schlegel hanging out on a Monday. Mike Doss Letterman live. Brought to you by Roosters. Great stuff uh, all week long. We're going to have your coverage at lettermanrow.com. You know where to find us. Uh, Ohio State Nebraska Saturday night. We will see you there. Go
1: Bucks. Go Bucks.